Good evening, Meat Suits. Happy holidays for those who celebrate. Welcome back to Read and Weep. The finale, the season finale of season four. And I guarantee it will be just as exciting as the season finale of Succession, which I can't spoil for you. Don't worry. Haven't seen it. But I've heard it's intense. So don't worry. This is going to be just as intense today. We are just four jolly old elves with perfect opinions about movies, TV, and pop culture. And we have a very special holiday episode for you. First, let me introduce you to the panel. I'm your host, Alex Falcone, recording today from North Koreatown, Los Angeles, currently experiencing the first rain of the year. So it's really nice and rainy outside um, in North Koreatown. Um, I am joined today, and I can only use quotes from my movie because I haven't seen yours. Um, Joining us today, he's at Anthony Lopez Part 2 on Twitter. He's in Southeast Portland. And I don't want to see another murder, but he was born to be murdered. It's Anthony Lopez. The f- oh, poor Alex. The first rain. What a problem you must be having. <laughs> well, I, you do realize know. that you die without water, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, that is true. I am not complaining about the rain. I'm complaining about okay. the driest November in the history of this desert, which is already, oh. which is pretty, pretty scary. It's just uh, I've had nothing but rain for quite a while up here in the northwest. Yeah, so. I'm sure you have. Um, so. Also joining us today, he's at Hunbun on Letterboxd in the woods of Portland for a final time. He's about the worst racketeer that ever made a dirty living in this city. It's Hunter Donaldson. Uh, you should have. I mean, because I'm, yeah, I'm the third the third man. Oh, you're right. It should have been that one. Oh, I was man. like, ooh, mine's going to be easy. But uh, yeah. Oh, I think this you. also gives away who my secret Santa was. But anyway, welcome, Hunter. <laughs> well, yeah, also, uh, well, we'll get to it. But my secret Santa was also super duper obvious. Uh, I think well, all of them were. I don't. I The second. Yeah, same here. It was very. Okay, okay. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll save that. We'll save that. I was hoping that it would be a little bit of a mystery. And then Hunter was the only one who laughed at my introdu- first introduction. So it's like, well, that makes it easier. And then also rounding us out, Northern California. I should have switched the order of these, but I'm stupid. He's a poor chap, happy as a lark, and without a scent. It's Ezra Fox. So I, I now know how our listeners feel during the intros, and I hate it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> this is we have, we have some structural issues. I'm just going to point it out. <laughs> well, we'll see. Maybe maybe we'll think of a new way to do this in the future. I wonder I if think they like skip. I wonder if the regular listeners are like, oh yeah, yeah, you got to skip the intro. It's like on the right. on the read it and weep fan forums. They're like, oh yeah, yeah nobody listens to the intro. Podcast. Completely so unlistenable. To, to only start at three minutes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the way I do with shows that start with ads. Yeah, that's not a terrible idea. I will say, I hope that if the quote is interesting enough, that you're just like pl- pleasantly mystified, sort of the way I was mm-hmm. listening to people speak German in this movie. But maybe, uh, maybe not. Maybe Ezra, you've mm-hmm. learned the lesson that we should have learned a long time ago, which we is that also we have don't, issues. We don't watch a lot of like incredibly topical coming like we don't ever see anything before the audience has a chance to see it right in never everyone has had a chance to see this usually over like 20 years so i think it's also like you know a fun thing that if you have seen it or just through like osmosis know what the reference is to be like ah i i get them referencing this movie in this case i'm with you ezra I don't know what Alex is saying. Oh, interesting. Uh, I, I really does narrow it down. Also, you had, you had 82 years to figure this out. So, oh. Boy, isn't that crazy? Um, all right. Um, let's get started with the show. Actually, before we get started on the show, one more quick thing. I just want to thank all of our wonderful meat buddies who are 
see, this show is the most important thing that's ever happened. And the people who donate are doing really crucial work for the universe. Aww. It's like, I mean, like there's no, there could not be a better use of your money. Wow. There could not be a show that is, there, there never will be a show this good or this important ever again. And it's, is this better for you, Hunter? I like I this it. new marketing approach. I think it's, yeah, yeah. Let's, this let's is really check good. the numbers. This is really <laughs> good. Numbers say good. Metreon.com. It's our meat buddies from the Patreon. Uh, Metreon.com. If you want to help support the very, very good work that we are doing. Okay. So this week, very special episode. Very special show. We've never done this before. It's our first ever, or as I like to call it, our last annual. Um, this is our Secret Santa edition of the podcast. So each of us, um, through a very scientific system that was um, my wife emailing people and not telling me until it was over, um, we have been assigned a person to give a gift of a movie or thing to watch to, and uh, we have not discussed them at all yet. No one, so it seems like everybody knows who gave them the gift, but then no one knows what else other people watch. So everyone knows two parts of the four that we're going to do today. I was going to go last, but I feel like since mine has been brought up the most, maybe I should switch it up and go first. So um, I'm going to kick things off. I hope that's okay with everybody. We yeah, yeah, that's silly. This. So um, my Secret Santa, it really sounds like, was Hunter. I was going to have everybody yeah. guess. Uh, but my my Secret Santa gift this year was The Third Man, the 1949 uh. British film noir, directed by Carol Reed, written by Graham Greene, and starring Joseph Cotton, Orson Welles, Alita Valley, and Trevor Howard. So that's what those were all quotes from. Those were quotes. Those were quotes from the third man. Man, 82 years ago. I did not. It's just for some reason that number is so much bigger than saying 1949 to me. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah. So we brought this came up on the show uh, last week, two weeks, three weeks ago, a year ago. Who knows? This came up at some point and I can't remember the context. Do you remember what it was, Hunter? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, the reason I picked this uh, this movie is because a really important episode of the show to me was just this random one that was just me and you, where we talked about Citizen Kane. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, that had Orson Welles in it, obviously. That had uh, Joseph Cotton in it. Uh, and Or I think it had Joseph Cotton in it. I might be making that part up. No, I think that's right. I think he plays, uh, I think he plays Kane's buddy or whatever. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we just, we just talked about it a lot. Out, so we'll just assume. Right, right. No, I don't want to find out. Who cares? Um, and yeah, it was just a fun episode because it was just me and you. And uh, I thought that was just like a fun energy. And I was like, oh, I remember that episode. So here Aww. I'll have like if I had if we had had another episode together where we talked about another Orson Welles movie, I definitely would have picked this movie. So I was like, oh, let's just have let's just have you watch that. Also, I was thinking about giving you something really mean or really weird. Mm -hmm. um, and I decided not to. Oh, I, I mean, this so, is what I was hoping that this would be is I had a really wonderful time watching this. I had not, I think it, it came up a second time. Somebody mentioned it on the show more recently than that. And, um, it sounded amazing and it was, yeah, it was yeah. just an incredible thing that I got to see. And so I felt like it was a true gift. So thank you, Aww. Hunter. It was very sweet. I mean, Hunter, that was the equivalent of like, remember six months ago when we were at the mall and you were like, nice boots. Well, I went back and got you those boots. That's very yeah. sweet. That's the equivalent of that for Christmas. Yeah, that's really nice. That's a really good gift. Um, Anthony how, and how Ezra, have you guys it? seen this? No, I haven't. No. I've always Never. wanted to. I've seen a oh. lot or a handful of the you know this period Orson Welles stuff, but this is always one of them. I've always 
meant to get around to seeing, but never Dude, have. Dude, what an incredible... The only thing about Orson Welles that I... There's not... The only downside to Orson Welles in this movie is that I knew Orson Welles was in the movie. And the fact that that character is alive is somewhat of a spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> so, the fa- so like, when you're 30 minutes in and you're like, man, haven't seen Orson Welles yet, it does kind of narrow down who Ors- who the most famous person on this movie could be. So yeah. there was a bit of a spoiler there that I've passed along to you guys now. Um, <laughs> but Orson Welles in this is also... I mean, I haven't seen a lot of just charming young Orson Welles, middle-aged Orson Welles, but man, what a phenomenal version of upbeat evil. Like, I don't think I've ever seen that good of a performance as somebody who is just cheerfully a monster. Um, There is this, there's this line where he's talking about the things that he has, the the people he has uh, killed for money. And the other person is telling him that that's bad. And he's like, they, they're up high and he's looking down in the city and he's like, tell me, look at those dots. Would you feel any pity if one of those dots stopped moving forever? If I offered you 20,000 pounds for every dot that stopped, would you Would you like tell me to keep my money? Uh, it's a really, it's so fucked up, you guys. It's And he's so charming and happy. And he's real like after that he starts talking about income tax. He's really stoked not to pay income tax on the money for the people he killed. Like oh, that is, anyway, yeah, it that is, is evil indeed. <laughs> but that's man, why the yeah, roads are so fucked up. People like him, <laughs> right? Yeah, he's in currently in bombed out Vienna. It's like if anybody needed the money yeah. for the government to do some rebuilding, that movie that they need infrastructure, and he's not. Uh, although they so- did have also the nicest sewer system I'd ever seen, so that was pretty. Mm. Cool. I, so yeah, I have a question. A Something I always like to whenever we talk about a film like this. Um, I mean, third the third man is if you watch like a lot of enough behind the scenes stuff and hear directors talk about the influences. The third man is one of those movies you will come to know very well. Um, so like interesting w- watching this. Do you, did you like? Could you just feel like oh? That's where this came from. That's what this is referencing. I mean, I don't, I don't know enough to see all of that the way you would, but I do. You know, so it's got a lot of Dutch angles, um, which it actually, I mean, it reminded me a lot of Citizen Kane in that way. That it is um, like, which a lot of people actually, there's like some controversy about whether or not Orson Welles secretly did all of the directing, and I got the impression that the the general consensus now is that he didn't. That that was just a shitty thing to say of Carol Reed was that he let. Orson Welles do all the work but it did remind me a lot of that movie it's got a lot of like the Dutch angles this like really intense vivid black and white lighting that was really really cool um the the moment the first moment you see Orson Welles is like one of the most amazing just like turning a light on revealing a situation thing that I've ever seen I'm I'm sure there's a better name for that but um yeah it is just an it's just an incredible looking movie and and so the, let me give you the premise really quick. Um, so, cause I also just like from the point of view of a noir, it's just an amazing, amazing premise. So it's um, like pretty short post-world war and it's in Vienna, which is like kind of split up. There's like an American corner and a, a um, there's a, is it even American corner? Anyway, there's a Russian corner and a German corner and, yeah, a, yeah. and a British corner, whatever. Anyway, so it's like very segregated and they don't really speak each other's language, which the movie does not translate the German for you. Although Netflix did a version where it does translate all the other languages, which I would not 
oh, ew. as much. Mm. Yeah, because part of the fun is that he does not know what anyone is saying because he doesn't speak German. And so I think being like in that world with him where you're like, you can kind of tell, uh, but sometimes you can't. Anyway, so he, um, he's an American whose friend has said, hey, come over to Vienna. I got a job for you. So he has, he has no money. He just shows up. Get, he's got a plane ticket. He shows up in Vienna and the friend has just died. And it's very mysterious circumstances. And so he hasn't, you know, you're like the situation from a noir standpoint is like, he doesn't know anybody here. He doesn't know a single person in the city. He has no money. So he's at the mercy of like the cops or the army or whoever's going to give him a place to stay. And everything that he came for, it does not exist. So people can say like, oh, your friend was bad or, oh, your friend was good. Or maybe your friend um, never even existed. Maybe someone tricked you into coming here. Like the possibilities of what could be happening to him are so vast. Plus, Vienna post-World War is a bunch of crumbling bricks in a beautiful city. So it's just an amazing setting with this really intense, mysterious and like frightening situation that he's in. Just like 10 minutes in, I paused. I want I paused it just to talk to my wife about just like what an amazing setup for a movie this was. It's just really, really good. I was so into it. So that's my pitch for it. So you should definitely all see the third man. Yeah, it's very I good. Highly recommend. Um, I think that's all the most of the things I really want to say about. Oh, the other thing is zither. You guys. What is what, zither? What, what is this? <laughs> zither is an instrument. Oh, it's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. It's sort of like a harp guitar. Um, it's like a harp that sits on a table and you play kind of like a guitar. Anyway, the entire movie is scored by one man and one instrument. And it is incredible. It's the most perfect musical accompaniment to a movie that I've ever seen. And what happened was they were like in Vienna shooting the movie and they were at a bar and they heard the zither player and the director was like, that's the instrument we need. And so he flew that guy. That guy looks affordable. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it was very affordable too but you know it's like it's it it sets the time and the tone so well and so he just flew that guy to london and was like write the score to this movie and play it and so the opening is like over the zither strings the title cards are like over watching these strings and then the whole movie is just scored by the zither. anyway it's phenomenal. i'm sure it's, it's really not cool. but it would be awesome if that's how he was credited one man and one instrument and then <laughs> one it, man, one it was his name survivors. and the instruments like <laughs> that would just be a real dope way rather than music composed by one his, man one instrument his name is anton karas and he actually the theme to the third man became an international like uh top 10 hit and so this also like catapulted him to international fame which is pretty cool that's cool also uh, if you're curious about uh, the etymology of uh, zither comes from the greek word uh katara which is uh, where we get guitar also oh okay nice yeah there you go you can i mean if you look at it if you were to if you were to bing it right now um you'd be like wow that's some it looks like a harp guitar and then that's exactly what people say that it is um Okay, so I was uh, I was hoping that you guys would have seen this, so we'd have more to chat about. But Hunter, I, um, I, what else I, I can say? Wait, here? sorry, real quick, Alex, I saw uh, the Pinky and the Brain parody, The Third Mouse, growing up. Oh yeah, shit. now I have to see that. Very good. Okay, Very good. Mm-hmm. good point. Good point. Um, th- Which is why re- why you gotta love the Animaniacs, right? They just had their finger on the pulse of what. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Third they Man knew references. The 
Orson Welles. They just were like, what are kids really talking about on the playgrounds? Uh-huh. Well, I, uh-huh. So I do remember that Brain is a, like, Orson he's an Welles, Orson Welles yeah. parody. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not, like, were our parents laughing at this? Or was this so far inside? Yeah, no, I just, I think it's really... I, I don't know. I just, it's really just that I think that that voice actor really had a good a good Orson Welles that he just mm-hmm. was able to bust out all the time. So I mean that very well could be it if they were you were like hey, do a funny voice now and he was like well I got well, this one yeah and that is kind of the beauty of that because I remember the first time I saw a movie with Vincent Price in it uh, my thought was oh it's the an- the guy from the Animaniacs and then I realized <laughs> like, wait that's wrong no that's you feel that incorrect. same way with Ringo Starr. Yeah, I'll be like, what? What is the Animaniacs guy doing here? <laughs> um, is is this? Um, do you know if Jack Jack White's record label, Third Man Records, is named after this movie? Oh, I bet it is. Yeah, I don't see why it wouldn't it's be plausible. No, it's based off uh, how Jesus was the third man in the White Stripes. It was oh. him, Meg, and Jesus, and that's why he. You know, it's all credit to Jesus. <laughs> all those times that you you uh, you thought it was a bass solo. That's when I was carrying your bass. Um, yeah. So, question: yeah. Would a better sequel for Third Man be the second Third Man or the Fourth Man or a different number of things I haven't third Third Woman? <laughs> well, no, yeah, it's the remake. The third Man. Oh shit! Third Man. Sorry, I, I missed it. You said, "Oh shit!" What was it, Hunter? I said the 3D man is what oh, it would be. It have to be the yeah. 3D man. I thought yeah, you said good. the third He-Man, which also sounds a great like crossover <laughs> where you just get the third man, but now it's all He-Man. You ever see that Keenan Brothers uh, ghost comedy, The Sixth Man, which is about a ghost basketball player? Oh, Wait, yeah. What, yeah. Yeah. Brothers? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's Sean and um, Merlin in it, right? But yeah, I mean... This is just, that's just the third sequel to the third man. Everyone knows that. I, yeah, it took a big yeah. jump from war torn Austria to yeah. the NBA. Well, I mean, have you seen the Fast and the Furious movies? They started fucking like, yeah, stealing no VCOs, and now they're <laughs> driving tanks. I mean, come on, <laughs> it's Hollywood for you. Oh man, the sixth man is probably not great in hindsight, but it, I like this premise so much. This, this is this is part of the, the numberverse. <laughs> Yes, or the number number man verse, I guess. Enter the number verse. Um, the also just there was something about family comedy premises in the '90s that feel better than they are now. There's something about ghost in sports that was very big in the '90s, like supernatural elements in sports. Uh, like Angels in the Outfield. Yeah, and, Angels, yeah, Angels in the Outfield. Six Man, uh, Field of Dreams. Uh, they were like, "What if, what if God was invested in the NBA Finals?" Was like <laughs> something audiences were asking a lot in the nineties. <laughs> oh, actually, I mean, this goes back earlier though, because right, like Damn Yankees is a great influ- uh, like the supernatural in sports. Oh, yeah, uh, I mean, well, Angels in the Outfield was originally a old black and white movie that was remade when the when the when Disney bought the Angels of Anaheim. Mm-hmm. They like that was part of the Mighty Ducks. That was that was the Eisner plan where they bought sports franchises and made huge family comedies about that sports franchise. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna uh, buy sports and open up an, a fake castle in countries where they have real castles. Real visionary. That I, <laughs> I know. Really? Okay, wait. So here's my question as then do you think this should do you think the sixth man should be in the ghosts playing sports universe? Or should they be with Airbud in the? There's not technically a rule against it in the NBA verse. I 
Oh, so I think it's in the spooky sixth verse because it's part of the sixth sense. <laughs> the sixth sense is about a ghost sense playing basketball. It's weird. Mm-hmm. We never said you need your five senses, senses there. <laughs> All right. Well, I uh, really appreciate the gift hunter, and especially now you're you're remembering back to the time that we did that together. We did that yeah. other episode together. It's very very kind, and I. I loved it. This is what I was hoping it would be, and I I appreciate it very much. And yeah. Megan enjoyed glad, it as well, which is not true of all our movies. So I'm glad that you liked it, and I'm glad I did not go with my uh, original idea, which was to make you watch something like very long and messed up and mean or something. But yeah, what was what was on that list? What was on the short list for that? Um, I was thinking about making you watch Gummo. I don't know if you know what Gummo <laughs> is, but you would hate it. I don't, uh, but the way Anthony's just mean laughed <laughs> makes me think I didn't want to see it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think you would come out changed if you saw Gummo. <laughs> genuinely. I mean, have you ever seen kids? Yes. Okay, so yeah. it's you know, it's the same guy, right? Um Oh it is, okay. He, he did Spring Breakers. Harmony Korean, uh, yeah. Harmony Korean, yeah. But this was like, you know, it's funny that Harmony Korean's kind of gotten popular in the last few years because he still makes the same style of movie, but now they're like somehow more sanitized. Like this is mm. raw harmony, Corinne. This was like mm. back when he did not give a fuck. Uh, it's a good movie though. Um, I, Hunter, I I love that. Like your the tough decision for you was like, should I get Alex Ling nice or should I go with like the Ludovico technique from Clockwork Orange? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure which I want to do. I, yeah, glad, I mean, though. I guess we didn't fully discuss when we were planning this this mm. series whether or the show how we were going to mm. do it. I think we suggested nice, but the fact that it came down to a movie you knew I'd love or Gummo is a uh, really fascinating. Mm. Um, so thank you for making the right choice here. Yeah, um, yeah. Let's have you go next. Let's go in this in this order. So Hunter, it sounds like you 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 feel like you know what what it is. But what well, was your gift? What did you receive? Yeah, so mine was pretty easy to figure out because I got How To with John Wilson and Anthony had been talking about how much uh, he wanted us yeah. to watch How To with John Wilson. Uh, so I watched oh, right, some of, of course, the, the HBO sh- show. Yeah, good, good work. Um, good work, Anthony. The thing that you've been texting us about nonstop for a week. <laughs> mm, well, I was going to get one of you guys to watch it. This is my opportunity. And here's this is the one way. of those I, gifts that's also a gift for yourself. I get but it. But no, yeah. I, here's, here's why I... <laughs> No, here's honestly the reason why, because I do one, I think the show is absolutely genius. It's one of my favorite documentary shows, but also uh, New York is at the central theme of what makes yes. this show work. True. Right. Yes. And as, as someone who's moving to New York and the fact that the show, what it kind of, it becomes much more than this, but the basic premise is how to do stuff in New York. Right. The most recent episode was all about finding a parking spot in New York. And that is what actually inspired me to think, holy shit, Hunter might need to find a parking spot. Oh, yeah. In are New you York bringing City. your car to New York, Hunter? Yeah. You know? uh, well, I uh, mm, I don't know. Uh, I'm oh, interesting. OK, I'm uh, it's uh, I have like kind of a cool family deal car. So I have to like offer to sell it to my sister before I sell it to someone else. Essentially, you know, that kind of deal. Yeah, of um, course. Yeah. But I am thinking about selling it because I do think it will just be a pain in the butt. Mm. But well, I you know, I thought this would be a good thing for you to, like, you know, learn about the city you're about to move yeah. to. I yeah. love that. That is very, very mm. cool. And it seems like just from how you've described this, so I haven't watched this yet, but the way you've described it, it sounds like if anyone was going to appreciate it fully, it would be Hunter. 
So, yeah, Hunter, how was your what, how much of this did you watch? So this is a show. It's on HBO Max or is it on HBO proper? It's on HBO proper, but it's also on Max. Great. So, yeah. and how much did you watch? I didn't really watch that much of it, to be honest. I watched about <laughs> uh, an episode and a half. My life is in the dumpster right now. Okay, y'all. No. Um, but I did watch. I, I I did watch an episode that you, you said I should watch. I watched mm. uh, the the first episode of season two, which is called "How to Invest in Real Estate," um, <laughs> and it's about John uh, is uh, his his landlord is offering him uh, it, like her house, uh, like to for him to oh. own it now. And instead of just taking her up on that, he just like learns how to uh, invest in real estate in general and just goes looking for like other places because that's the premise of the show is that John Wilson is like showing you how to do stuff uh, tutorial wise. It actually reminds me there is a YouTube series uh, from before that is sort of uh, like a very stripped down version of this. Um, and I don't think it was the same guy, but it was like a tutorial series where all of the tutorials were like for nonsensical things, but they would always get kind of, uh, kind of like, uh, I would say contemplative. So it would be like how to tie a string to a bucket and throw it in a, it, like, and spin around <laughs> with it. And then you would watch like in a first person perspective, someone tie a string to a bucket and then just like dance around with it. Um, so, so this is not actually teaching me how to invest in real estate, right? This is not actually they're tutorials, no, but comedian. they're not I mean, meant to teach you. It's, but it's also like, like Hunter said, contemplative and insight. It's the philosophical idea of investing in real estate while right. also being like, per, I mean, there's a great poet in this episode when he's at a bank and they ask him what he does for a living. And he's like, I, I make these, I make this thing for HBO and he can't really explain it. Like it's a very <laughs> hard thing to explain what this mm-hmm. is, but. I mean, the closest thing that I can relate this to is just like this is a Nathan Fielder produced show, and yeah. it feels mm-hmm. a lot. It's it's completely different than Nathan for you, but it's the same kind of comedy of like very very funny, but also really attacking and kind of like getting into like what makes humans unique and weird, and finding really really interesting people and like the way people react when you put a camera in their face, you know. You, you yeah. get into like a lot much deeper, interesting stuff than you would normally get um, in a show like this on the base level. That makes well, sense. Well, so so Hunter, what was your reaction to it? Um, I re- I I like it. Um, I think I'm in a I'm in a weird uh, time to be watching something like this. That's like kind of has like an uplifting uh, slant. But it's oh. what I what I love about it is that. Well, actually, I'll tell you when I liked when I decided I liked the show exactly is. Um, a lot of it is just like John talking over, you know, just like lots of footage that uh, he's gotten. And he has some line like uh, like talking about being in houses and things you can do in houses. Uh, and he says something about going to a weird party. And it just shows this shot of Chuck Schumer in the street <laughs> making a weird face. And I was like, man, this show can kind of do stuff other shows can't do, Yeah, basically. The the visual metaphors that he finds are are unbelievable. I mean, like the the way he'll like say a word and have the perfect thing that he just found in New York for like a five second clip. It's just, it's astounding, the editing in this show and how much footage he has to film. So he's just walking around filming New York all the time and then using little clips of that as, Mm. um, 
as he, metaphors. It's not he, about those. Yeah, exactly. And he's he's been compulsively doing this since his early 20s. So he has decades. Like in this one, he has a bunch of footage from his early 20s and this crazy property him and a bunch of friends were like just squatting in essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he has a bunch of great clips from that. But yeah, he's been doing this for a decade plus of just walking mm. around New York every day filming. So just wow. some of the clips he has is just insane. And it's and he it's has got so an intern labeling footage who's working very hard. Presumably. Right, yeah. Yeah, presu- presumably. Yeah, probably. I mean, that I'm, sounds like a nightmare for like I just doing audio editing takes forever. I can't yeah. imagine. Well, this is more visually interesting, at least. Right, yeah, for man, sure. So also, get some pictures. to be honest, it's it's probably too much footage for anyone to edit it besides him. I don't want to kill this funny idea you're going for, but if you yeah. have if you're like, oh yeah, that <laughs> Chuck Schumer thing from like five years ago, you are the only person who knows where that is. You know what I mean? Like you can't yeah. ask someone to here is the giant library of every little piece of footage that I've ever had. Um, right. Essentially. Yeah. But but yeah, it's uh, it has this like kind of poetry to it. But yeah, it's it's there's a lot of really good uh, jokes, a lot of subtle. There's this really good moment in the episode where um, he meets this ventriloquist guy and <laughs> uh, and they're like hanging out. And it, he like the ventriloquist guy is like really, really friendly, really sweet. And he goes to like see all of his puppets and uh, they're fine. Everything's cool. Everything's chill. And uh, they're basically kind of done talking. And then he's like, oh, I got one more puppet to show you. And he pulls out like a very racist uh, ventroquist dummy. Oh, no. And John is just kind of like, huh, OK, uh, got to go. <laughs> it's, it's, it's quite it's quite good. It's it's a it's a really funny show. And uh, I think the premise uh, makes it work. And the there's kind of a poetry of the all of the different footage that John has in his way of just kind of like talking over it uh in an interesting way and making connections and also it reminds me of um so like you brought up nathan for you um and this show is very different from nathan for you except for if you ever watched the finale the final episode of nathan for Mm -hmm. you and how sweet and how real it got this feels like that to me but all the time Mm -hmm. basically yeah and that's what that was the one thing you didn't like was the positivity and the upbeatness (laughs) I'm just in a pe- weird place for positivity. The life is worth right living now. vibe. That was really yeah. killing you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's just That's like fair. it's hard when 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 things are really positive and you're in like kind of a weird spot in your life. It's like cool. I would love to l- relate to this, but I don't have time right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny and so sad. Um, I, I this sounds supremely interesting. Um, that my fear with anything like this would be awkwardness. I don't like awkward funny. Is it awkward funny? Um. John, the character John Wilson is a little bit awkward, but it's in kind of a like he's he's kind of innocent uh, mm, in, yeah. in the way okay. he approaches stuff. Um, it's so I would not, not like cringe. No, okay. I would good. not. Okay. Like That's good. No. OK, the, I like that thing with the puppet, too. I think we should talk about that one more time, because I why is it that why are ventriloquists so racist? That, I don't like, know why. Why does this keep happening to us? I think I, it's because you don't get into ventriloquism thinking like, I'm really going to change the game here. Right? right? You you don't get into ventriloquism because you're like, I'm a really sharp, you know, tactful joke writer. Right? <laughs> it's because you write jokes that would sound better coming out of a puppet. Right. Than um, right. The whole thing is disassociating. That's the whole purpose of right. the act. Okay, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Honestly, the the and, segment 
really kind of breaks that down pretty good, which is why yeah. the payoff of that joke I really appreciate. What is the name of the real the 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 main ventriloquist comedian? What what's his name? Oh, Jeff, Dunham. Jeff Dunham. Jeff Dunham. He's, he's yeah, the, I, the I, most racist. Oh yeah, it's mm-hmm. super racist. I think probably the the most ra- racist comedian working today. I think is a safe yeah thing to yeah, say. Yeah, he, just he, awful. He, yeah, and the thing is, the reason that uh, I mean. You're obviously not getting away with it, but well, but you are because Jeff Dunham is like huge and like gets to play giant giant theater. So I guess in a way yeah, you are yeah. you are getting away with it totally. Yeah, he like has a semi truck full of merch per show. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. he's he's crushing he's doing, it. He's doing all right. Um, it is the sort of thing where like people have shown um have shown my wife. They're like, oh, your husband's funny. You know what I love? Oh, I gotta show you this clip. It's so funny. And then they show a Jeff Dunham mm. clip. You're like, mm. oh, I don't think we actually get along. I don't think we yeah. have the same idea of what's funny. But- in the and episode, it, and it is, this, yeah, I think. Yeah, in I, in the episode, it totally breaks uh, down the like dis- disassociative thing. So it is really funny when it gets to that point. I always tried to write a joke about Jeff Dunham, where like I forgot how exactly how it worked, but it was something like you know Jeff Dunham's not a bad guy. He just fell in with a bad crowd. You know, it's <laughs> I do remember you doing that. I love that bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like because because the thing that somebody might say about Jeff Dunham is that um, it's not the puppet; it's him. Both yeah. writing and voicing the racist ideas, right, and right. you would I mean, say no. You believe it. <laughs> I mean, you would say really, if he just had less racist puppets, he would be a less racist act. I mean, the I best mean, that case actually scenario, is true, Alex. You just said something yeah. true about him. If his paper, if his puppets weren't so racist, then his whole act would be less racist. It would be he's less never racist, delivering yeah. the racism. Yeah. yeah, I mean, what you're saying, Hunter, is that the <laughs> best best case scenario is like a goosebump style situation, right? Right. Yeah. right. And all the puppets <laughs> are actually alive. <laughs> And yeah. he and they're holding him hostage. That uh, is literally the best case with Jeff Dunham because the other answer is just much really more horrifying. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Words, I think there are a lot of surprisingly evil puppets in the world, right? Mm. That yeah. maybe going back, maybe they that they should be broken down for parts. Uh, I mean, or well, no, you can't use those parts. What if the evil is in the part? Oh, that's it. Uh, no, there, that's it. Okay, so there was one, there was one like maybe master puppet that got broken down for parts, right. and we keep on reusing the evil parts again and again, and just taking over the evilness of the other ones. And also that's, used yeah. in that Metallica album. Yeah, so, I mean, this master is of a very good segue. If we wanted to transfer, we, to what we should. I, I think. Was- yeah, so um, Anthony, what did you receive? So I got uh, my Santa was so generous this year and gave me two options. Oh, okay. Uh, and I, I no, took so the Santa. This might be a theme on the next one too because yeah. I feel like Santa sometimes has a decision making problem. Yeah, uh, but I got I got um, I got offered uh, two films, and the one I took was the one I hadn't actually seen, but I'd always wanted to, and that was uh, Paprika, the 2006 um, animated, oh, wow. Japanese animated movie um, from Shashi Khan, which I've always wanted to see. I've seen a few of his other works. This has always kind of been a big gap for me. Uh, it does have evil dream puppets in it, so it was oh, a very good segue into yeah. what we were just watching. Um, this was uh, a fucking delight. I'm really glad I got to watch it. Um, and it is very fun. And I don't think it takes away from a movie, but it is fun. Like, this is a really good 91 minute set of, oh, this is where that gift comes from. Uh, if you ever oh, wanted I love to say that a lot, come from. what's the, what, what, what gifts are you talking about? Cause I haven't seen this movie, but I might've seen the um, gifts. Uh, I mean, specifically the one of the lady jumping over the rail and the world melting. A lot of just odd dream imagery. Mm. Um, this movie is just filled with stunning 
really interesting transitions. It's very fun to see. This movie has obviously been a huge influence on stuff like Inception and other Nolan films since it's come, this came out. This is basically like, what if Inception had imagination and was fun? Uh, <laughs> that is I mean, basically basically so, what this so, is. So rewind for a second for me, because I know nothing about this. So tell me um, about Khan. Uh, yeah, so he was a Japanese filmmaker um, who passed away pretty young. He made four movies. Perfect yeah. Blue, which is also one that has been like a lot of imagery that like Darren Anosky uses and like Requiem for a Dream is taken from Perfect yeah. Blue. Real good. Um, and then I've never seen Tokyo Grant Godfathers or Millennium Actress. Uh, but yeah, he only made four films before he passed away. Each of them is just wildly filled with animation and really, really unique imagination. Um the, oh, okay. Yeah. And so the and the the character design and animation director um, did Princess Mononoke and Spirited Away. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm familiar with that aesthetic. Cool, cool. Okay. And this movie really is. You you said Inception. This really is about like jumping into dreams and doing stuff. Yeah, that's not just a a loose connection. That is literally what the movie's about. No, it's literally about dream terrorists uh, who. Go into your dreams and mess with your head that way. Uh, and they're, and they're wait, wait, are they doing it to make to my it. my waking life worse, or just to make the dreams worse? Like, like if something, like in a, Inception, they're trying to get me to like I don't know, sell a company or some shit. But this well, is like, uh, is, yeah, what's the point of their I, terrorism? I, here's the thing, I and I mean this in the best possible way. Uh, this movie's not very heavy on plot. Uh, And it's really not trying to like there is a story and there is a reason for it, but it is the imagery and the dreamlike logic. Like the fact that this is definitely a type of movie that you're always supposed to be wondering, is this real or is this a dream? Right. And that runs through the beginning, middle and end of it. Um, So there is like a, a story here, but it's not really, it's very secondary to the imagery. You know, the guy is doing, I was looking at paprika gifs, um, and I will say that there is one problem, which is that this shares its name with the spice. But yes. mm-hmm. the, um, most of the gifs are from this movie, and they are amazing. Just little images of just like running and full jumping in, diving into a TV and then being on the TV. Or yes. um, like the mirrors doing weird things, uh, her reflection being mad at her in the mirror. It's really just cool dreamy nonsense i like this a lot yeah and the movie is i mean it's it's very cliche to say like you know any frame of this could be like a, a poster on a wall and it right it is this this type of imagination from literally the first frame to the last there are very few sequences there were whole sequences in this movie like like opening credits and little montages that really don't serve any narrative uh function but they're just really, really fun series of clever transitions, one right after another, mm. just to kind of break up the pace of it. It just is kind of like nonstop hitting you in the face with really cool, clever ideas. It's it's something so, to see. So going back a step, Ezra, what was yeah. your um, what were you, what was your thought process here, and what was the other movie you offered? So the other one that I pitched, uh, which I assumed Anthony had seen, about you know. Figured it'd be a good rewatch if he had, uh, you know, if it had been a while. Was um, Brick? Um, oh yes, of course. Mm-hmm. Which uh, I, I just I think that was one of 
that was one of the movies I saw without knowing like hardly anything about it. Like I think I saw, I thought I saw, um, yeah, I just, it was, it was just, a, that was a delight all the way through. It just, it's a movie that makes you feel very cool. I think while you watch it, which I, I love. Yes. Um, yeah. We were going to do a double feature of both of them, mm, but of course. we kind of lost the, uh, my wife isn't feeling too good. So she kind of, you know, we only had time to watch one. But so right. we chose the one we haven't seen. I was yeah. very excited for the opportunity to rewatch Brick because you know we've talked about Ryan Johnson a lot yeah. on this podcast. We I have. I, I, I was someone. trying to figure out if we talked about it for the show or if I just watched it because we were doing the other thing. And I think I have not actually. I think we did not talk about it on the show. Yeah, yeah, we but I, or we didn't do it, but we might have talked about it. Yeah. I really yeah. loved Brick. I haven't seen it in a long time. Like I said, I was very curious to see how it holds up. Um, but I'm definitely would. I had nothing against doing a rewatch of it is what I'm trying to say. I really cool. wanted to, but I wanted to take the chance to see something I had never seen before. And this was definitely something I have never <laughs> seen before. So, yeah, so it was awesome. Uh, Thank you. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you liked it. Yeah. So, so I guess my, my thinking behind this was a couple of things. So um, I, this was a weird one. Cause this is pretty much the only thing of Satoshi Cohen that I've seen. Um, I saw this like in theater, like I went with my dad um, and it was just kind of like a, like a, it's like, oh, nothing else is like this is supposed to be good. It, it was just that. Yeah, um, seeing this on, I, I, I remember have a nice TV. it came up. <laughs> yeah, you're just bragging. Oh, no, no, I, I was just saying, like, I, <laughs> I have a nice TV, but seeing this on in a theater would be mind blowing. Like, I cannot. It was a trip. It was a real bummer that I had to only see this on a television screen. I really want. I to also have a really nice TV. Um, please continue, Ezra. <laughs> but uh, my my TV is fine as well. Um, but but yeah, no. Uh, so for this one, I it it came up. I think I thought of, it felt like um, like this other sort of like like dreamy dreamy kind of detectivey type thing. Uh, the Cell, which I remember liking a lot. Um, oh, yeah. like a, a few the years before. Movie. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I remember this came up again though uh, from every pay- every frame of painting, um, uh, and that's kind of like how I was you know uh, referenced a lot you know in terms of like match cuts and, and like sort of like if you're going to do something that's very like you know uh, like disorienting, like how do you make that? How do you give visual continuity to that um, and make it so it's it's uh, it's not you're not just you know it's not complete chaos. You can follow it basically. Like the thing about this, the movie is like it's it's got a really good flow to it uh even though it's very weird uh and so like mm-hmm. it's it's disorienting in lots of ways but actually visually there's like a good it makes a lot of sense in, in a certain way um mm-hmm. and i think that that kind of logic that, that follows through i thought would just be you know a fun one for you and and, and uh especially i think also because we just talked about sort of like the 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 anime stuff that you'd, you'd liked i thought this would be a a, mm-hmm. a good one so yeah yeah i mean this is really like a great example of the type of stuff you could never adapt like this could only ever be done in animation like it, it just uses the principles of animation so well and the well great of news anthony netflix has announced a live action adaptation of it um also this is the like the type of film like i it's also very fun to watch and try to imagine like how do you pitch this? like how do you have this idea in your head and then verbalize it to other people and have them get it you know, yeah. like that is something that is just so impressive to be able to like, I just, I see like, what if everyone had the same face and they were running at you, this character in a cage? Like, how do you describe this? I have to and assume that you're good it? at drawing so that you can do like some quick sketching to show people what you're picturing. 
I don't know if you could be this kind of a visual storyteller and not be able to, with your own hand, make a thing in your brain appear on a page. I, I mean, that's just, so. it's such an impressive skill in any world, but it, this, I mean, that's ba- like, I was just watching the David, uh, David Fincher masterclass and uh, he was talking <laughs> about, wait, David Lynch, David Lynch, um, too many Davids, the David Lynch masterclass. And uh, he was talking about like that process of just trying to fi- finding people who are good at hearing you describe stuff and then make it look the way you, th- you were thinking in your head. Um, as your job as like hiring process. But yeah, that seems like such a difficult skill for any art form. And this is especially like wild versions of that. So yeah, I, I assume this is what it looked like in Khan's head. And that's really, really impressive. Cool. Um, yeah. I, I guess I wrap it up. Yeah, oh, let's well, wrap it up. Let's okay, wait, can, can I home. Yeah, can I say something real quick about Satoshi Kon? Because I, 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 I'm a big, I'm a big, big, big fan. Oh, and you I, are. Yeah. Sorry, I don't. Know. I'm sorry we didn't get more from you already. Yeah. Go I on. just want to do Definitely. a real quick, uh, just kind of guide. So if you're interested in getting t- into Satoshi Kon, we we were like super robbed of this guy. I M H O. Um, he made four movies. The four movies are all pretty different from each other. You can start with any of them if you're interested. Um, Perfect Blue is sort of like a like a David Fincher style like kind of thriller. Millennium Actress is like a send up to like classic Japanese um, like film. Tokyo Godfathers is like his version of a Miyazaki movie. Uh, and then Paprika <clears throat> is like the animators anime. Like it's like it, it's like he's sitting down to be like, this is going to be some of the most difficult like animation to put together. So if you just want to be impressed by really good animation. And then he actually made a TV show as well called Paranoia Agent, which is I would describe as kind of a mixtape of all of uh, his different influences and uh, just like stuff that he likes to do. He's like amazingly versatile and it is like so messed up that we, cause we would have, I mean, by now we probably would have had three, three more of his movies at least. And because he always liked to do something different, he was kind of always like, sometimes people will describe him and they only talk about like paprika and like the dreamlike surrealism stuff. And I think it's because the TV show paranoia agent also kind of has that like kind of dreamlike thing going on. This is like a guy. It's like if David Lynch could do everything. That's what I think of Satoshi. Kon. <laughs> um, that's awesome. I appreciate the the setup for that. Um, now, Ezra, let's bring it home. What did you yeah. receive for your gift? Well, uh, so I got uh, the uh, Taika Waititi uh, movie uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. I knew <laughs> nothing about this. You hadn't uh, seen it. Oh, great. Okay, no. great, 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 great. Um, uh, I I did a little bit preliminary looking into uh because uh my uh you know my directions from you said it would be appropriate for the older child and that is very not true. You don't think? Uh, <laughs> it is a PG-13 where um, uh, uh, um uh, a parent dies and a, a a hog gets slaughtered right in front of a kid with lots of blood. Um but it's a, I mean and then a dog okay. gets also and then a dog gets uh, first gutted by a, a giant wild boar and then shot the, the dog and, does die. That's a real and, bummer. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. <laughs> and then there's like pedophilic, pedophilic jokes kind of throughout. That's what That's I was just fine. gonna say. It, it, it's a good way to teach a kid to yell, "He's molesting me!" Uh, whenever there's adults around, which okay, is a good joke. But, but in my defense, I have never had a kid. 
No, I so so that's what I I knew from the suggestions that it was from someone who did not have a kid. Well, it did not narrow it down. from the three of us. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, man, I'm so sorry. I thought no. Uh, I, I thought I did not. I, did not, I, I did not trust like any it. of you uh, enough to to assume this was a good suggestion for a kid. So I I I, I said PG13. I was like, no, there's no way. Oh, this, okay. this, I um, well, and I tried to throw you off because I know your kid's name, but I tried to say the older yeah, ones. So you'd be like, you oh, it could be off. anybody. No, you did throw me off because I, I did not think. Uh, yeah, I, I did. I did not think it was going to be you, Hondas. Uh, so I nice because because I yeah I, I just I forgot uh, I didn't I, I thought there was like huh a movie that I haven't heard of would Alex know a lot of movies I haven't heard of and clearly yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't have to say it that way, but you're right. Um, that's how I felt. That's why maybe your secret Santa also gave you some options is because I yeah. assumed because I this was my primary <laughs> gift I was hoping, but I did not. I assumed you'd seen it because I know that you like Taika Waititi as well. So, so I do like him. Actually, I have a, I have a kind of a blind. He's he's a person where I clearly I like I, I like him. I but I have actually I've seen very little of his stuff. Like like in terms oh, really? of like uh, yeah. Well, so like it just um I like I've I felt like I saw part of I've seen parts of uh what uh what we do in the shadows. Uh, mm-hmm. But like I haven't seen all the way through. Oh. Um, and I think like there's another one. Uh, was it like boy? I haven't seen like there, there, there's like so I, I I'm like familiar. I think with his I guess tone and I, I like him a lot and I like him whenever he pops up. But just uh, I'm definitely like I'm more more of a fan than I am like actually like you know, a consumer of his stuff. I think. Um, I mean, it's I like how many New Zealand films do you actually see a year, right? <laughs> and it's a- you know, like even though he's become very popular in the states, a lot of his earlier stuff were New Zealand films, right? That right. a lot of them didn't even come over to the states for a long time. You know, like Boy got nominated for Best Foreign Film, but it was very hard to see. It wasn't very popular. I have not seen time. Boy. Is Boy good? Boy is very good. Yeah, that was one okay, of his, so- that, was, that was like what pit him on the map. Yeah, so that was earlier. So this was this was his this was in the middle. It's 2016. So yeah. I assume you've seen Jojo Rabbit. Also, no. You haven't seen Jojo Rabbit. Okay, no, man. Anyway. So this is the thing. This is the response I always get. So no, like, it's so um, surprising, but it's great news because I I thought for sure you were going to be too deep in this. So I no. probably of these I would say watch what we do in the shadows first, and yeah. then Jojo Rabbit for a big change. I, I wasn't a huge fan of Jojo Rabbit. Oh, I liked it a lot. I there's some really fun stuff in there, but. We, so yeah, so we just watched Hunt for the Wilder, Fun for the Wilder People recently, and I was Good. just so delighted by it. And I really did think that it would be fun for for Caleb. And I'm so sorry I, for I all the other blind spots. No, I was like, this is not. I was not going to take the risk on it. Uh, I was going to say like, if it's if it's good, I will watch it again. Uh, right, but. Um, but yeah, well, I, that that was kind of part of the gift. So I'm sorry that I blew it on that. I knew that that would help a lot. <laughs> no, um, the, the 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 okay. So the car thingy that you you sent over, uh, I guess the oh yeah, Bleepy Mall car. Have you not seen? Yeah. Have you seen that? No, no, no. We we talked about it at one point, but no, I, I okay. have not seen it. So. Okay, uh, that that can still be. I think that's that one like would, that would be work. great for both your kids because very. I mean, it's like there's. It's just nonsense. It's just <laughs> and it, it you know in the best way. I mean, it's like there's no dialogue. It's like they're just cars that are guinea pigs that squeak while they're but then they like go on adventures um and i i I, we did talk about a little while ago but i do recommend anyone just spend six minutes and watch an episode of pui pui mo car because it is so it's like a stop motion animation of they're made out of like yarn so they're very nice textures and they're cars that are also guinea pigs but they're like cars so people get in the cars and drive the cars but they are still guinea pigs so like when there's a cop chasing one of the cars it throws a carrot and the car turns to go eat the carrot and then the cops Mm. catch the car and the people in it 
it's so bonkers. And the reason I sent it to you, I was because I thought maybe you'd seen it after we talked about it beforehand. Because they they just announced there's a Pui Pui Mulcar Switch game, and I know you played Ooh. Mario Kart uh, with your with your kid, and so I thought you might enjoy that does playing the Pui Pui Mulcar game with with him as well. But anyway, so um, I do want you to see what you do in the shadows at some point because of the movies, I think that's the one you like the most. But okay, that's it. That's I just movie. we we watched Hunt for Wilder People, and I just loved it so much, and I was hoping that that would be a delight for you. What yeah, was your, no, how did definitely you feel? was and yeah so so and 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 Sarah and I uh you know watched it together also and that was like oh good like we both like liked it a ton and and um I think just it's uh okay to the, the stuff that I said already in the movie I don't know if that's gonna give the best impression of it necessarily but like the the, the, <laughs> the, the, the core part. bad things I was upset about the dog dying I didn't think the dog needed to die but it's good that people know that because sometimes it's really upsetting yeah. if you don't know it going in um but yeah no so I mean it, it's really fun so you get uh you get uh. Uh, you know Sam Neil, uh, who I did not realize was uh, uh, from New Zealand. Um, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, he Wait, got out guess, of dress. Mm-hmm. You guys follow Sam Neil on Twitter? No. Is no. he a good follow? You, he, very good. He seems to have the greatest life in the. He just <laughs> has a big farm in New Zealand with a bunch of pigs that are like his best friends. Uh-huh. And he has like a winery, and he's he at does one two paddocks. Yeah, he does on like Twitter. one movie every few years to keep his fancy life going. But yeah, uh-huh. if you just want to see Sam Neill hanging out with pigs a lot, it's very, very fun. He just I like that. has a great time. Yeah, good follow. I'm so he's, happy he's living his best life. That's he's awesome. Great in this, and he's yeah, he's very New Zealandy, which you did, which I didn't know either. And of course, Reese Darby is there because he is one of the five New Zealand actors, so you have to have Reese mm-hmm. at some yes. point. Well, yeah, and 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 Rachel House, uh, who I like a ton, also. So she she's uh, she voices Moana's grandma. Uh, and oh she yeah, is sort of like she's like kind of like a like a kind of a gruff, slightly incompetent, um, uh, I guess, guard in uh, like to Jeff Goldblum in the in the Thor movie. Yeah, um, oh, okay. a lot of Taika stuff. Yeah. yeah, she's she's like she's, in. Well, this right. is one thing that I really love about the New Zealand film people, including like, uh, of of Tycho and Jermaine, um, is that they just it seems like it's a tight group, and they like they love to bring other New Zealand people into movies, and it's really cool. Yeah, um, it's 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 just it's a it's it's weird. It's like I think they one of my favorite things about this is like they really. It seems like they sink their teeth into every kind of like scene. Basically, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff, I guess, where um, you know, it's the two main characters, like the the, uh, the sort of uh, newly uh, adopted uh, kid, uh, and uh, his uh, is now like this like a unclish father figure. Uh, they're like they're on the run uh, in the in the uh, New Zealand bush, um, and like a lot of just sort of like them, kind of like you know, in like kind of like this like fun like uh, survival mode. Uh, but then, like they also will, you know, see people, and there'll be other things. And like I'll, every time they meet someone, it is like it is great. Yes, um, mm-hmm. that, like I think I admire really like, that yeah. so much in any movie, TV type thing where the they get to a place, they meet a person, and everything feels like you spent as long figuring out the character of this person they meet for ten minutes on a horse that you did for the main character. And yeah, this definitely has that where you you meet people, and you're like, oh yeah, these are this is a fully realized situation they're in. Yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, it's you know, fairly, you know, fairly low budget. I think, right? It's like, it's yeah. like two and a half million uh, that it was made for. I think possibly in New Zealand dollars as well. Uh, oh, geez. So, so that could be uh, that could be a, a billion dollars. That could be free. We have no who, idea. Who, who could know? It could be literally no idea. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, and, and so from but but like it just seems like it's you know it's a small cast and everyone is very good. Yeah, uh, and like they all are seem like they are really very very committed to their situations. There's like this all. Uh, 
yeah, ever, ever, there's just so many good beats. And I, I just, it felt very like, yes, there's a little bit of, uh, you know, some bits of sadness and darkness, but on the whole, just like a very, very good hearted and, and like, yeah, really, really sweet. There's, yeah, so it was, it's, it's a yeah. bit of an odd couple situation and it's, it's a kid from the city, like getting thrust into the situation out in the bush. And the, that sounds like it's going to go one way and it is not the way that it goes. And I especially think that kid um, who's played by Julian Dennison is it's way more heart than I expect. And it's way more, he's like, I mean, I'm not, as you know, on the show, I'm usually fairly critical of uh, young actors and he rules every moment that he is on screen. He rules this whole movie. Yeah. Um, it's really like, this is, this is, I think just disarming just generally the, the yes. it's, just, it's yeah, really, disarming. it's really like any, any kind of like, I know skepticism or anything. It's just, it's really tough to, to not go into this and be like one over just like, Oh wow. I, I, yes, of course. Um, so and it's also interesting because this is, it's about like people on the run from the law in the bush and you of course root for them. And this is a fun thing about New Zealand and about Australian culture that, Boy, they love somebody in the in the bush fighting the law. Even if the person's not like a good guy, they love a person who's like out, you know, building armor out of car parts and shooting at the cops. And I like that about them a lot. Yeah. No, well, there was a, this this movie's like cartoony tone balances mm-hmm. that so well. You know, like yeah, nothing yeah, absolutely. Very, feels very realistic. Everything's kind of like got sort of like a fun rounded edge to it. It's just yeah, it's great. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that you liked it. And I'm so glad that you are smart enough to not take my word for it. <laughs> I'm still pretty embarrassed about that. Why isn't Caleb 13 yet? I mean, that would just be easier. Uh, you know, he, he'd be down. Like, I mean, here's the thing. Like, he's... <laughs> he'd, he'd be 13 or to watch this movie? Uh, probably both. I mean, he'll, like, watch most movies. I, I think he'd be... But, yeah, so it's much more of the me trying to slow it down. Because uh, it's also... I guess I'll say this. I would probably be surprised if he were to watch it. I'd probably be surprised at what would actually uh, be troubling for him. It probably wouldn't necessarily be uh, what I would think. Like, it might be, like, it might be something specific. As like, it might be that, like, oh, like there's a scene where he tried to heat up the water, hot water bottle over a fire, and it, it, it melted. He'd be like, yeah. why did they do that to the hot water bottle? Like, it might be like that. You might, you don't, you never, you never exactly know what it's going to be. <laughs> That's fascinating. I, I was very upset about the pig dog scene for sure. Um, I, I liked that I liked that dog a lot, but then so many other things dog. just didn't go the way I thought. So it was all it was more heart and more upbeat. So I thought, anyway, whatever. Don't let me have a, anybody's kid. Don't let me babysit. <laughs> just remind him that none of them are real. They're all New Zealand people, so it doesn't really count. <laughs> right. Right? It's like... Exactly. Everybody in New Zealand is a cartoon. Well, Talk about that's a, a filmmaker that. You know, we, we we talked about this a lot of like really talented guys who kind of get swept up in the Disney machine yeah. and seem oh, yeah. to not be coming back out very often. But yeah. like, you know, talking about these early Taika films, they were so fun. And like, I like Thor Ragnarok. I'm excited about the next one. But like this and like a Star Wars trilogy and all this stuff they have him signed up for. Yeah, and he Man, did some fun stuff in, in Mandalorian and was, was involved in that. And I... Man, it just bums me out so much cuz like I liked the I liked all of his other I liked well, the three other movies I've seen of his. I've seen I liked all three of them that I saw. And none of them are made from a high budget Disney situation. Like it seems like the place that he is the best is in low budget interesting movies with his friends that have a lot of heart and it it does feel sad for the world that if you do well in a low budget movie 
you never do that again. You just get sucked up into this machine that then makes you spit out Marvel and, and Star Wars clones forever. And maybe he makes an amazing Star Wars movie that we all love, but it's, I, I just hope that maybe that the contract has enough that he can be like, and I just get every five years or every 10 years, I get $3 million to go make a movie with my friends in the bush. I mean, he does have his next film already shot and directed. Uh, that's going to be coming out uh, alongside Thor: Love and Thunder. So hopefully, he is doing like a Love one and for Thunder them. Is one really, for what me. that movie's called? Yeah, it looks good. Ugh. I'm excited for it. Ugh, I, I mean, the title. Thor franchise is like the one MCU franchise that I like. I'll keep taking sequels for, especially with Taika at the helm, because I thought Ragnarok was awesome. Um, yeah. so what's his new? What's his other one that's done and directed? Next goal wins. Oh yes, I Sports saw that. Um, yeah, that looks fun. Um, definitely excited about that. Okay. Um, also, I think I've said this before, but um, he is one of the people that I have bumped into in Hollywood. Well, uh, uh, Taika Waititi and I watched the same magic show together. He, well, he's sat <gasps> behind me, but we watched a magic show at the same time near each other. It's very and he wow. just, like kept telling you how all the secrets were done and like, interrupting <laughs> the magician, right? I really would have preferred <laughs> if we talked, but it's fine that we didn't. You get it. You know, he's, I, I gotta, you know, he wants to leave me alone. I'm very famous. Um, anyway, well, guys, what a successful, what a successful little thing, right? What a fun little Christmas present. Did you guys like enjoy this? It? Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. I thought it was really sweet. I really enjoyed it and I, I appreciated it. And uh, I hope we get to do something similar again at some point in the future. Who knows? Um, before we go, though, I want to do one quick little bit of business, and then we'll be out for the year. All right. Before we go for tw- and wrap up 2021, I should do a quick dip into the mailbag. A couple of quick emails I want to talk about. One is, um, you may recall last week we had kind of a chat about google and bing or was it two weeks ago a couple weeks ago anyway we did some binging for that for our meat buddy game for our new meat buddy and uh it's been a little bit controversial maybe um i will we 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 lost at least one longtime listener because of our shilling for google in that steve balma did balma finally unsubscribe Fucking. I had it set to get a notification whenever Bomber unsubscribes, so I knew it happened. But um, a, a, I will just say a longtime listener, emailer, and meet buddy who announced that they were leaving the show because of our shilling for Google, which I don't recall entirely shilling so much as saying that you can't search for stuff on Bing because it's bad. But... Do you guys were we were we shill? Are we shills? Are we, we are we bad? Oh yeah, we're totally shills. Oh, okay. We're unpaid shills, basically. <laughs> this is the worst kind we're, of shills. I mean, I mean, overall, we've done more advertising for Bing than for Google by a long shot. Yeah, I don't true. think that shitting on Bing is advertising Google. I don't think that's no, how I that don't works. Think it is. In fact, I, I think mean, it's advertising Bing. I'm sure Bomber would be like, if, "Hey, as long as they're talking about it." Yeah. If anything, <laughs> I think that we we really gave constructed feedback for Bing. <laughs> you know, I all, all I said was I thought Bing was trying a little bit too hard. It has a lot yes. of shit going on. A lot, yes. a lot of a lot of plate spinning on that goddamn site. But yeah. that doesn't mean 
I was like shilling for the nice, clean elegance you get at Google.com, right? <laughs> that's a good, that's a very well said, very well said. Um, we also got, just to balance things out, though, we got an email from another meat buddy from Tom um, who wrote in to say that he might be one of the few people who's actually using Bing full time. Yes. Just wanted to assure us that it is possible he uses Bing for the Microsoft points, which I know, Ezra, you are also into. Yeah, I feel um, like uh, maybe our lost meat buddy will just go to maybe maybe I'll have like a side podcast where it's just about how good Bing is or how <laughs> adequate it is. Yeah, um, how, how functional <laughs> and usable it is. And I'll get the number, I'll get our meat buddy back. Um, and that's that's how I build my empire. Um, Tom says that he he uh, exchanges every few weeks. He exchanges his Microsoft points for a twenty five euro gift card and hasn't used his own money to buy video games in months. This is great. Also. This, this is not a defense of their bad search algorithm, however, but he did say he's gotten used to it. And then sometimes when he's searching for something and can't find it, but knows it exists, he'll switch over and, and bing it on Google. Um, I, I can I just say, just as a side note, that is wild for the one listener. That is that was the line that we finally crossed because I feel like there are so many better reasons to unsubscribe. <laughs> no, it's, it's, so it's definitely a straw camel's back situation where it was like, "Look, you've That's been giving fair. me reasons not to listen for a long." Yeah, and this time. was the one I'm supposed to go in, but like honestly, you know what you did along the way, and that's fair. That's <laughs> yeah, very fair. I, I could certainly list a lot more reasons not yeah. to listen. So, like, uh, but I don't right, anymore. Right, we're a very yeah. good show. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, Tom also adds, in case you were thinking of going over there for the Bing, uh, for the Microsoft points, that the Bing searches alone don't give a ton of points, but if you combine that with the daily rewards you get on your PC and Xbox, it can add up. So, um, and if you use a VPN to change your country, you can collect the same points again. Not that he would ever do that. Just whoa! Possibly. And what? Mm. And what VPN would you use? Would you use possibly Nord VPN? <laughs> Are we shilling for Nord now? Use promo code READ, baby, for 15% off NordVPN. Don't do that. It doesn't actually work. I don't want anyone Google, else. Go to reads. your Google. Google NordVPN right oh, no. now. <laughs> slash READ. I should oh, get a man. real promo code real quick. Just so that someone, if one. <laughs> just the one person who goes to NordVPN. Yeah, Aren't I'm sure there's a real one, guys. All of the all of the VPNs got secretly bought up a year or two ago by the same company, and this was like 40 different companies you can get VPNs from that are all secretly the same company. Um, yeah, it's great. Well, um, that's fair. They're VPNs for you. Yeah, I'm glad they got bought up secretly. That feels very appropriate for a VPN company. Well, right? yeah, they were yeah. like, what if we aggregated all this data we're supposed to be throwing away? Anyway, um, one more email. So thank you, Tom. And I'm um, sorry to see you go to our other listener. Um, meanwhile, we go from an email to Alex from Tom to an email from an Alex about Tom. So this is a... We got an email, so this is going to be a little bit slightly off topic for the show, slightly on topic um, for the news recently, but... Um, Ezra, we got asked by a listener of this show and of Pack Your Mics if we could do an emergency pod about Tom Colicchio, the host of Top Chef, announcing that he is selling NFTs of food. And I think I would love to do it. I just a little tiny bit too busy, but getting all our friends together for a five minute emergency pod where we're all like, I don't really know what this means would be very fun. But instead, we're going to do a quick sidebar. Oh my goodness! Uh, so, so Tom and Spike Chef Spike Mendelson together uh, um, unveiled a lot of NFTs. They're mostly of just like angry looking pizza, um, 
and what uh, I think my favorite comment was um, was from uh, my from Megan, who said, "Like this doesn't sound like Tom, but it definitely sounds like Spike." Yes, <laughs> um, very much does. You can click on the in the in the show notes, and you guys, I put it in the chat just here, so you can see this ugly piece of pizza you can purchase. But um, it's so it's so interesting because uh, like. Before, like, like Emeril would put his name on every shitty frying pan in the store, and every, you know, every sauce would be this is Emeril's spaghetti sauce, and he didn't have anything to do with it. He was just taking a nickel. So, like, why not? If you're a famous celebrity chef, get a nickel from somebody paying some Ethereum for an ugly piece of pizza. But right. um, some also, art, it's a, a picture of an ugly piece yeah. of pizza. Yes, um, well, and sorry, also, it's an I art. just, uh, hey, guess what? So I just open this, um, right click. Save image as, and <laughs> you, then I'm going to label steal, it. No, don't steal it. You can't steal I'm it. That's, label that's it theft. Hunter's Pizza, and it's <laughs> wow. only mine. I do have um, my one. I, have I, I feel like I get NFTs more than um, more than zero. But my main question about NFTs is why are they all ugly? Like, why <laughs> is this? Everyone who decided we're going to do we're going to use fake money to do scam oh. art purchases. Oh yeah, yeah. But they're mostly I, ugly monkeys. I have a, a pizza theory. with an earring. No, yeah, I, I, I have a theory right now. It's so it's a self-sorting thing because NFTs are stupid. So you can't uh-huh. make a good-looking one because that's pointless. So make <laughs> something for dumb people, uh-huh. and so that's why they all look bad. Uh-huh. It's actually really smart. Specifically, when you're already an incredibly waste-heavy industry, right? That yes. We should like, also say that this piece we, of pizza is like generating more carbon than uh, your car for a year or yeah something. it's like we're, we're already not creating enough trash and landfill being in the food industry and you know, right. wasting good food and rather than donating it we need to suck up some more resources from this planet uh yeah how can we do even more damage while doing nothing it's a very <laughs> crazy idea that all they really ask for is how can we do more damage for money without actually generating any good or service i will um, say alexander did say one thing that i thought was really interesting about this in response to tom's nft which is that um uh actually he said a couple of things i really like this is a great email so first he said when uh um when people say money isn't real i don't think the rational response is to create something so unreal that you can't describe it to a real person which is already a great yeah which i love about all of the uh the blockchain world where they're like look money's fake what if we were faker like, what if we went worse um, is a very mm-hmm. funny idea. But then Alexander continues. Um, uh, uh, no, that's actually. Uh, anyway, I got lost in this email. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, but guys, uh, yes, so I, I. OK, so I don't know how I can justify it yet, but I feel like the only reasonable response to this is to be all in on it. Like, I don't know why that's a good idea yet. But, like, I feel like it's just too easy to say, like, oh, this is dumb. Right. Because. Clearly, yes. Mm. <laughs> there's, Maybe there's a reason it's there's, easy. This is, no. this is sounding like a guy who's already invested both his it, kids' okay. college funds in really NFT. Does. I mean, like, guys, guys, what if, like, what if, let's, what say, let's, say, let's say you accidentally put 50 grand into one of these and you needed three friends to help you out. <laughs> Look, it's only a pyramid schemes are only bad if you're at the bottom of the pyramid so i gotta get some bottom rungs fast <laughs> let me let me note to the top of the slice no but here's the thing so i have just joined the shifty pizzas discord channel okay 
<laughs> and um, I was able to add a, a pizza slice uh, reaction emoji to, uh, to something that Tom Kalikia wrote. And he may or may not know that I was one of the 31 people who liked his, his post. About, <laughs> you know, I don't know I don't if it's okay. a good experience. I guess maybe I, did, I didn't understand what you meant by all in. This is not that far yeah. in, in my opinion, yeah. but I like this amount of in. Yeah. I don't mind responding with a pizza yeah. emoji to Tom Colicchio. That seems yeah. fine. Everyone get on the Discord channel for shitty mm. pizzas. <laughs> I think what we need to do is skip this whole NFT business and get to the next big scam, right? Because Ezra's right. It's only bad if you're at the bottom of the pyramids. Mm-hmm. Yes. The four of us, we need to buy a bunch of... Because, like, blockchain gaming is the new buzzword. I don't understand what it means. Right. But I know it's a thing people keep saying. But we well, need here's, to buy have, a bunch of digital to, land. Hey, let me just give you a quick explanation of it. So imagine if the way that we write data in a computer was less efficient. That's the blockchain. No, I That's guess, it. But That's what it. About we just, it's just a very How bad you... way to make computers. What if computers were slow and they were read-only? And they required way more memory and processing power than normal computers to do the same things. That's it. It's just how a really inefficient get, computer. How can I get headshots with it? That's what I want to know. <laughs> because blockchain gaming's the next big thing. Well, Peter Molyneux's investing. We need to be there with him. Oh, gentlemen. my God. How dare you bring up that guy? <laughs> well, I don't know who that is, but I will say we did mention this last week was the the as my news was the Ubisoft going into NFTs. And yeah. within hours of us recording that podcast, they were like, wow, the pushback's pretty ugly. We're going to cancel this project. Yeah, good. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. Just any anybody out there who th- is pushing NFTs or crypto, just I will just say there are some projects where if you look at the people who are on your side you can get an idea of whether mm. or not it's a good idea, whether it's cool. Mm-hmm. And it, I just, if there were more people who seemed like good people involved in this, it would be one thing, but it's like so self-sorted to douchebags right now that it's just really hard to believe that the future is we all have to join the douchebags where they are yeah. instead of making yeah, them come back to us. It's the, it's that's like, why it's a cyberpunk dystopia that we are headed for, because for some reason, a lot of people on the Internet actually want a cyberpunk dystopia. That's why mm-hmm. it's a desirable dystopia for them for some reason. And I don't understand it, but we, we will. Because everyone thinks they're going to be the captain of the spaceships and not the people down. But it's the accidental like the Americans just think of themselves as embarrassed millionaires mentality right. taken to the nth yes. degree right we all think we're we all think we're gonna be the neo and not you know the switch or whatever <laughs> if you want to make a matrix reference um i just to give alexander full credit because I, I knew i liked the email but i tried to shorten it and couldn't do it on the fly but i just want to read this one more chunk of it which is that um with with nfts beyond the gambling being scammed having a weird hobby the appeal seems to be contributing to a transhumanist future in which everything is an illusion and that is so deeply and tragically the opposite of what we need right now, culturally yes. and civilization-wise, mm-hmm. which I think is a very, very strong point. It seems like, given other things going on right now, pushing towards... And e- e- they even say that it's democratizing stuff, and it's only rich Silicon Valley bros that have it. We're not democratizing it. We're just giving our money to the bros. It's not better. Anyway, great point. It's better, it's better for the bros. It's better for well, the bros are doing fine. All right, anyway, they can be doing, can be doing better. Um, this is a weird way to end a Christmas special, but I just wanted to make sure we got some emails in there because I really, you know, as as I've said in previous years, one of the best parts of the show 
is interacting with people on an ongoing basis. Very, very great, successful show. The best part of that. Yeah, when I say a best part of a thing, it's a thing that is already unbelievably good. I mean, 12 out of 10, like just incredible, incredible Mm -hmm. show. And yet the best part is still talking to people. So the mil- the myriad of great things that I've gotten from it, um, it's still, that it's just, that's the best part. Um, I hope that we are able to give each other some more gifts in the future. And I hope we'll be able to continue hanging out in the future. Um, that's going to be it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We're going to be off for a little while for the holidays. We will be back again next year, probably. Um, you can email us, podcast at readdashweep.com. We love getting email and chatting with people, even if it's telling us to fuck ourselves for being shells. We take that. I like that. You know, it's like, I'm like Steve Ballmer. I'm like, at least you're talking about me. Um, but we especially appreciate all of the meat buddies who have contributed um, their their measly contribution to our incredible, incredible show. You can join them by going to metreon.com. But most of all, out of all of those things, even the best better, the better best is hanging out with you guys. Ezra, mm. I hope you have a great holiday season. Thank you, too. Look forward to talking to you again soon. I'm going to see you IRL this week, which is going to be great. Yeah, we'll have waffles. Um, we're going to have waffles. Um, real waffles, not pictures of waffles. Um, well, you'll see. <laughs> uh, <laughs> dude, If you, I want to invite Tom over for dinner and be like, I've prepared for you NFT waffles. Oh, that's funny. Anyway, <laughs> um, also, Hunter, thanks for hanging yeah. out. Yeah. And hey. the very best of luck with your travel and your moving to New York. Next time we talk to you, you will be in east coast time you'll be yeah that empire state of mind yeah i'm excited about that i'm excited to be uh in a stable position again and also i just want to say as far as the haters go uh, mm-hmm. i love haters and i'm glad that we got uh, some haterism thrown at us uh, i think we should have more <laughs> haters so it far is we nice. only have the one and they're gone now so we don't really even have that <laughs> we That's lost a huge our hater. too bad <laughs> we lost our hater guys I, there was an, you know, that image, that gif of like uh, the, he's like a big dude and he's like smiling and he's like strutting down the street. Oh, the haters gonna hate, yeah. Haters gonna hate. There was a version of that that people made back in the day. It was like a vintage meme of that that was like haters be making some good points, and it's just <laughs> him strolling along. And I think about that a lot when <laughs> haters uh, do write in. Yeah, like, yeah it's touche. Good point, this hater. Is very fair. <laughs> uh, Anthony, thank you so much for hanging out this year. Yeah, I am. I'm freaking out right now because I just realized uh, this Secret Santa was the only Christmas shopping I've actually done so far. (laughs) And I didn't have to actually buy you anything, and I got to buy a bunch of gifts. Yeah. uh, Today, probably. Best of luck. You've got 11 shopping days, 10 shopping days until Christmas, so get on it. Um, Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Well, we'll talk to you guys in 2022. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.